Welcome back, Wildcat Faithful, to the Wildcat Radio Podcast. My name is Ronnie Stoffel, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. Adam Green. Adam, how you doing, buddy? Good, good. It's kind of it's relaxing when I guess Arizona's not playing this time of year. I mean, I, I'd, I'd rather be talking about a tournament game, but at the same time, at least it's kind of stress-free. Yeah, you know, I, I was trying to think back. I mean, obviously, we, this time last year, we had already been eliminated. Uh, so I had to reach back to two years ago for the Xavier game. And the amount of sorrow and grief I felt after that Xavier game, uh, it's almost kind of nice just already knowing our fate and knowing that, hey, this season's over, uh, just eyes forward to next season, right? Yeah, and this is totally us just kind of trying to rationalize this. I'd, of course, rather <laughs> Arizona yeah. still be playing right now. But, yeah. you know, it's kind of like the way this season went. I know we had a couple of shows toward the end of the season. It was like, well, maybe if you know, these guys get healthy and they play to their capabilities, you never know what could happen. And deep down, we kind of always knew that this team really didn't have it. So yeah. it's kind of like once to get that final, you know, got it out of the way in the first game of the Pac-12 tournament, you're like, well, that's the end of this season, and for a lot of people, especially with what appears to be on the horizon, you couldn't get past, you couldn't get over with this season soon enough. So it's the off season, which normally is supposed to be a relaxing time. I guess maybe it won't be for Arizona. It certainly could have its pitfalls, but for right now, it's just like okay, you get a chance to breathe and kind of take stock of what was a very miserable season for Arizona basketball with what appear to be brighter days ahead. Yeah, it, it was so weird. I, I almost I, I don't really know how to explain my feelings after that USC loss. And, you know, we'll we'll, we'll talk about it a, a little bit more. We're not going to spend too much time on it because now, I mean, this is old news. But, um, you know, when it finally ended, just knowing, you know, like at that point, we finished 17 and 15 uh, NCAA tournament bid, obviously long gone off the table, had to get the automatic bid. Uh, NIT, yeah, that's off the table. Season's basically over, right? When, once, once that all became a reality, there was this weird, like, peace that I was feeling where it was just like, it's over. And you know what? Like, for some reason, like, I, I just wasn't, it, I, I just wasn't depressed about it, I think, right? And kind of to what you just said, it's like, you know, all year deep down, we kind of knew what we were dealing with. Uh, and then when it finally just ended, it's just kind of like, okay. Like, I can go about living my life, and I don't have to worry about this anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to try to talk yourself into them being very yeah. good or what could happen. And I don't think we really ever believed that they were destined for great things, at least, you know, after the last you know, the few, last few weeks of the season, you kind of knew what they were. Mm-hmm. And it was disappointing, and for all the, you know, it's like the season before was disappointing, but for different reasons, whereas this team was just, you know, I liked them. I liked this team. I thought they played hard, but you just, you know, it kind of felt bad for them. Because they were outmatched, it seemed like night in and night out, game in and game out. So that just to kind of be able to finally let the season come to a merciful end, and you, know, you wish the guys that are leaving, Coleman, Luther, you know, you wish them luck going forward. But then, yeah, that's on to the next one. That's the idea. On to the next one. And so, Adam, let's go ahead and take care of a couple housekeeping items here before I forget and we go too much into the reminiscing of the season that uh, 
probably the most forgettable since 1983, 1984 <laughs> season, right? Where they went 11 and 17, but more on that here in a moment. Uh, Wildcat radio podcast, subscribe for free through iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, tune in, uh, right. Spotify now on Spotify, uh, basically any podcast catcher. Uh, you can also follow the podcast on social media, Twitter, our wildcat radio, AZ, uh, Facebook wildcat radio page. And of course the website, wildcatradioaz.com. Uh, Adam, you know, we, we had mentioned there, it's kind of one of those things where all year we definitely, we, we didn't really know what we were dealing with. And we knew, I guess, I guess we, we knew in the sense that it, it was certainly no, uh, you know, Aaron Gordon team. It was no Stanley Johnson team. It was no Larry marketing team. And, you know, and then if, if you're going to look at all of the, all of the one and dones that we've had over the last few years, you know, Deandre Ayton, that was probably the, the most powerful player that we had mm-hmm. of all the four. Um, but, but that team for some reason just wasn't really obviously as good as probably what it should have been. Um, but, and so with all that said, I mean, we definitely knew that this team uh, was, was the weakest of all of those. And probably even the year where we had the, the Ryan Anderson transfer, you know, Tarzuski, uh, Alonzo Trier's first year, uh, that, that, that year where we lost in the playing game to Wichita state just got housed by them. Um, so all year we knew, and you know, we touched on this a couple times too, Adam. I think what was just so weird about this season was the thought that at one point Arizona was fourteen and five. You know, they they were sitting there with with a five and one record, I believe, in the Pac twelve, right? They, that was after they mm-hmm. lost. Uh, they they lost to Oregon, and then of course then came back and beat Oregon State, and then it all just fell apart there. So I think as far as you know, we've hammered this point, but. I think I think what's so odd about it was all year we were unsure, um, but that fourteen and five record really threw. I, I'll I'll speak for myself, right? It really threw me off the scent just because you know you you don't really win fourteen of your first nineteen games by a fluke, right? Like the, no. the, the, the it's not fluke. I mean those were hard earned wins. <clears throat> Excuse me, but you know, again, it just got to well. It just must have been the strength of schedule and the level of talent that we were playing against. Yeah, that and injuries and just the depth wore down. That's the thing because it's you know, especially towards the end of the season, I was one of the champions of just how this team just wasn't any good. But it's also easy to forget that they were competitive at the beginning of the season. And you know, the conference record they start off well. It helps when you play the Bay Area schools to start your uh, Pac-12 play. But you know, Arizona when they went to Hawaii, they won a game. <laughs> you know, against Iowa State, like they they competed against Gonzaga, they competed against Auburn. These are very good basketball teams that they were in. It was now granted they didn't beat them, but you could almost excuse that. You're like, you know what? This team is still very new, very young. You know, they did the best they could against these teams, but they didn't have enough horses. And then you know they go to beat UConn. They have a close loss to Alabama. You know, but then there were there were warning signs. The Baylor loss, and especially the Oregon one, was like the way they lost those games. But no, I. You know, looking back, was this team 17 win? Was that the peak of its talent? It's hard to say. You know, if you told me that they're going to lose Jeter for a couple of games and Brandon Williams for a few more, and then, of course, ACOT's going to transfer two games into Pac-12 play, then maybe you'd say their win total was going to drop a little bit. But also, if you wanted to tell me that if they were healthy the entire season, they'd be two to three wins better, I'd believe that. Yeah, you know, I absolutely would believe that. And that puts them around, you know, nineteen, twenty, maybe twenty-one wins, depending on you know how the Pac-12 tournament goes. And that's not to say they would have been in the tournament anyway, because even them winning twenty games, unless it was the right twenty, yeah, I don't think Arizona would have made it. But 
You know, it's just this was that season where we all knew going in that there were a lot of question marks. And the high end was, oh, every one of these guys takes a step forward. Brandon Randolph takes a step forward. Barcelo plays well. Ira Lee, you know, Chase Jeter comes in. He's every bit the five-star recruit that he used to be. And that Brandon Williams is good. And Dutrieve contributes. You know, that was the absolute best-case scenario. And I don't know if the worst-case scenario was what they got because I think there were some positive things. But it certainly wasn't closer to the good side of things. So we didn't know what this team would be. Uh, We found out that they were a very average basketball team that didn't have a lot of room for error, and there were enough bad things that happened to them where they won 17 games, and other teams have had worse seasons. (laughs) You know, Arizona hasn't had too many worse seasons, especially recently, but other programs are some that would probably kill for a season like the one Arizona had, and that's not to try to excuse it because 17 wins is not good enough for Arizona basketball, but all things considered and knowing what could be on the horizon with that recruiting class and some of the guys that are coming in, you know, it's easier for me to say, you know what? All right, this one sucked. Move on to the next one. And as far as the next one is concerned, right, ice forward to the Nico Mannion and, uh, and, and Josh Green, all, all of that, everybody else coming in. And, you know, Adam, one thing I want to touch on before we jump into just a brief rundown of the Pac-12 tournament, because by the time everyone's listening to this, we were over, over, over course recording this on uh, Wednesday, March 27th, uh, the night before uh, right before the first night of the Sweet 16, uh, you know, one thing to point out here, and I think it's something that you kind of saw, and, you know, U of A fans were, were trying to feel just a little bit better about the outcome of the season. Arizona has still not had a losing season, a losing record over the last 35 years. And honestly, I mean, it seems like one of those kind of silly things, right, where I, I always think about, you know, like um, – the, the, the home winning streak, right? So, like, the home winning streak, I think I think it all started in Aaron Gordon's first year. And then, you know, it ended finally, I, I think, uh, it was Oregon three years ago, was mm-hmm. it? Whatever it was, you know, it was like, you know, Arizona hasn't lost a home game in X amount of games, right? And then we lose to Oregon. And then that, 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 that winning streak turns into the non-conference home winning streak is alive at X amount of games. And of course now, now the, now the home or the home winning streak of non-conference has ended as well. Right. Because obviously (laughs) Baylor snapped that this year. Well, now, now we, we go to the next streak that's still alive somewhat. Right. And, and that, and that streak is 35 straight seasons with a winning record. Or I should say no, no losing record. Right. Because I believe, um, Sean Miller's first year, were they 500 or one game over 500? Uh, one game uh, over 500 and Sean, Miller's one game over 500 16 and so, 15. Okay. So yeah, I mean, uh, 35 straight seasons without a losing record. Now, you know, it seems like one of those silly things just because, you know, I was saying like the evolution uh, of, of how, of these streaks and streaks can be funny and you can pick and choose, you know, kind of how you want to build your own streak and, you know, look at the stats, what have you. Um, so it's just kind of funny to say that. Uh, and, and, and in my mind, it's somewhat discounted just because I just always feel like, ah, right. like we're just reaching for something else to feel good. Uh, but Adam, if, if you really think about that 35 straight seasons, without a losing one i mean that is pretty remarkable though right yeah i mean if we want to keep moving the goalposts for what's you know what we want to hang our hats on here then yeah sure. that's, you know there i don't i guess compared to other programs i'm not sure you know if kentucky north carolina duke you know when their last losing season was but for programs like that and i guess you could put arizona in that group 17 wins sounds it feels like a losing season yeah, you know, 17 wins and not in the tournament not even the nit for arizona this year but it feels like a losing season that's what you want you want 17 wins to be a disaster. 
Mm-hmm. Now, you don't want to become a trend. You know, if you're winning 17 games every year, that's a problem. But you want this to be the anomaly in such a bad way. You're like, you know what? Arizona's better than that, and Arizona will be better than that again. So, you know, the fact that the program's been that strong for so long, like, I don't put Arizona in the blue bloods like a lot of people do. I don't put them in, like, the top five, top ten necessarily. Really? Because, well, they're not with the Dukes. They're not with Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas. You know, there's that group. I think Arizona's the towards the top of the second tier. I mean, one national championship, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's of what four Final Fours. It's not like I mean, there are other programs that have been to the mountain, top of the mountain more than Arizona has. I mean, shoot, UConn has more national titles than Arizona. And I'm not sure I'd put them up there because they've had a lot more really terrible years. But I think Arizona's in that second tier, and of course, Arizona was one national championship under Miller away from moving into that first tier, as far as I was concerned. But hmm. just overall, Arizona, the mentality is that you don't have losing seasons. And even a barely winning season, two games over 500, one game over 500, is still considered a losing season. And that's a good thing. You want that mentality. So, you know, if you want to hang your head on the fact that Arizona, even when they're bad, they aren't that bad. It's like there's bad and there's Arizona bad. So if you want to hang your head on, hey, this was an Arizona bad season, but, you know, Washington State would kill for a 17-win season, then sure, I mean, there's nothing to be upset about with that. But certainly 17 wins isn't good enough no matter how long it's been since Arizona hasn't you know had a losing record that's a really interesting thought adam i never knew that you felt that way about arizona not being among the blue bloods so let me let me i'm going to ask you this then um and so with with modern day so you 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 mentioned you know the kentuckys the dukes i'm sure the unc's you said kansas there Mm -hmm. um how do you feel about ucla i mean are are you grading this more on modern day returns or are you just looking at this the scope so 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 you wouldn't necessarily say that that ucla is in the blue bloods then right no no and granted when they had ben howland you know they made the final four a couple of times so they yep. were kind of in that range they didn't win but they were there but mm-hmm. i think it's expensive and this is why it's so tough to you know even when people talk about sean miller and arizona the success they've had is that what do you define as being a blue blood what do you define as being a success because to me, I don't know is the final for the barometer because Arizona hasn't been there in more than 15 years. Yeah. You know, and granted, they've been to the Elite Eight a few times and been a shot away a couple of times. And I, I just don't know if that's how you judge it. But to me, if you want to be a blue blood today, you have to be, you have to at least have made a final four. You have to at least, you know, have won a national championship to be considered in that group. Now, granted, the blue blood list to me right now is probably maybe four or five deep. You know, I'm talking about the elite of the elite, you know, your Kentuckys, your Dukes, your North Carolinas. But Arizona, to me, isn't on that tier right now. That's not to say they can't be, because mm-hmm. just a few years ago, Arizona was. You know, they were a two-seed when they lost to Xavier. They were two-seed with a second hand they lost to Wisconsin, a one-seed the year before that. So Arizona was in that upper echelon. They just didn't finish the job. So I don't necessarily think that's a knock. I don't necessarily think that's a slight, but Arizona just hasn't gotten back to that point quite you know they've been on the doorstep so many times and i'm hopeful that the recruiting class and next year they'll get right back to where they're supposed to be but i don't know i mean do you look at arizona and put them on par with your kansases with your dukes with your kentuckys with your north carolinas i think as far as championships i i I think it's i think it's your idea of the definition right because i think it's subjective yeah, so I think I think if if you're looking at it as far as, as championships and final four appearances, then then no, I mean there's definitely no two ways about it, right? But if you look at it as consistent 
consistently solid recruiting classes and even above solid as far as like good and great is concerned. They're up there uh, winning percentages, right? So like, I know that's always a hot debate is, is the Sean Miller, you know, is Sean Miller truly a good coach? Uh, in my mind, if you're grading it off of end, uh, final fours, then, okay, I, I can see what you're saying, but I think that that's some pretty soft analysis, right? Like I look at you, you, winning percentage has to be considered in that. And I mean, a guy that wins 75% of his games over a 10 year period, like, I don't think that happens by accident. Oh, no, right? I, I agree with you yeah. there. I, I think yeah. Miller's a great coach or has been a great coach for Arizona, but it's on a national scale. When I think of blue bloods, I think you have to be nationally doing those same things. Winning a Pac-12 tournament or winning a couple of Pac-12 tournaments isn't a national thing. So yeah, who, so, so let me, let me ask you this then. So over, over the last 10 years, so since Miller's been here, uh, who would be considered more of a blue blood, Arizona or Gonzaga? That's an excellent question. Probably Gonzaga. And that's what, just because they're, uh, they're NCAA because final they, appearance? They've basically done everything Arizona has done, too, granted in their conference, but mm. they've been to the Final Four. Yeah. Okay. You know, and, and, and granted, I mean, the Pac-12 is better <laughs> than the conference that Gonzaga's yes. in. But, of course, Gonzaga's proven themselves on the national stage. Like when they played each other a handful of times, and I, it's probably about split over that time. Maybe Arizona has a slight edge. But, mm-hmm. you know, those have been the two main powers over the last 10 years since Sean Miller, the two West Coast powers. You know, now Oregon's getting up there, too. But, yeah, I would say probably Gonzaga, just by a hair. That's you fair. Know, I'm not going to argue with you, say Arizona, but I, th- I would probably put Gonzaga slightly ahead of Arizona over the last 10 years or so. That's fair, and, and I don't have a problem with that. I, mean, I guess then, of course, then the counter would also be, well, yeah, I mean, look at their conference, as you pointed out. And I think it's really interesting. The non-conference, right, uh, Gonzaga does visit Tucson next uh, or th- this December, right, December 2019. Uh, so that will be very exciting down in the desert. Uh, Adam, real quick, let's take uh, one break to hear from one of our sponsors. All right, Adam. So jumping back into this there, right? So the, the, the question, of course, Arizona, would you consider them a blue blood or not? Uh, or I guess you would say, you know, even comparing Arizona to Gonzaga, right? Because there is a difference between East Coast and West Coast. And I'm mm-hmm. 100% with you there. So it's, it's all what you make of it, right? Uh, it's, it's whatever the definition is you want it to be. I totally get that. So, uh, Adam, you know, let, let's just go ahead. I mean, look. This season's over as far as Arizona's concerned. Obviously, there's still college basketball uh, that's uh, ongoing. Uh, but as far as next year is concerned, this is uh, that this this will be the year that everyone's most excited about. They can't wait to get here. Can't get here soon enough, in other words. Right. So, um, you know, Adam, let's 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 just do a quick recap of the Pac-12 tournament. Um, the final the, the finals showcased Washington, the number one seed against the number six seed in the Oregon Ducks. Obviously, Oregon took care of business there, earned the automatic bid. Um, Oregon took care of ASU, too, in the semifinals in a hard-fought overtime game there. And those three would go on to represent the Pac-12 in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Adam, I sat on this podcast two weeks ago and told you uh, anybody that thought that the Pac-12 was getting three teams into the tournament is out of this world drunk. Uh, I guess I was the out of this world drunk. I, I I can't believe I still can't believe that three teams got in. I mean, I guess, you know, ASU was one of or what they, they were like the second to last team to get in, I guess, based off of who they played in St. John's in that first four game. But uh, how surprised were you that three teams actually ended up getting into the tournament? Uh, fairly surprised. But of course, there were certain games that had to happen or certain teams that had to win their uh, conference tournaments to make that tough. But you know, the way Oregon was playing, it's hard to argue. I mean, 
they would not have gotten in without the at-large or without winning the the Pac-12 tournament, I don't think. Yeah. But it's also hard to argue that they belong or that they don't belong in there because they're probably the best team in the Pac-12 this year, especially the yeah. way they finished. Um, and then after that, you really couldn't keep Washington out even by them not winning the Pac-12 tournament because they did win the Pac-12 fairly comfortably. And then ASU, you could make the case for, but they were in the play-in game for a reason. So to me, it's almost like two and a half teams. I guess mm-hmm. to, if I want to make, you know, you know, redeem myself for all the UVA fans who are pissed at me for saying Arizona's not a blue blood right now, I'll say that <laughs> ASU making a turn was more like a half a team because they were a play-in game. But uh-huh. just the way it worked out, it was hard to argue against all three of those teams making it. But certainly the way this season went, the fact that the Petrol got three teams in was a bit of a minor miracle. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was still – so when – I wasn't watching. I, I think I got home in two brackets were already released. And when I saw that Belmont got an at-large uh, and the other one was Ohio State. And I think there was a third that got an at-large. I was thinking like, ooh, this is looking real good. Like this is yeah. because, because obviously, I mean, I, I Jason Shear actually was making this point and I agree with him 100% and it ended up not happening but he was making the point that that uh, you know I don't know why everyone thinks Washington's a lock to get in because if you look at their non-conference schedule and then how just how bad the conference was this year you know just because you won 26 games in this terrible conference and, and that soft that very soft non-conference schedule they had I, I don't understand why you think that they're such a lock and you know we saw something similar last year with USC I believe USC started the started the season 11 and 0 uh, but those 11 teams in non-conference were just uh, not good teams whatsoever, right? And then they were actually playing in the Pac-12 tournament championship game, and they still did not get in, right? They they got shafted a little mm-hmm. bit there. But um, so, yeah, no, going into that, I was definitely thinking, you know, once we, we knew Oregon, right, just because they won, they got the automatic bid. Uh, when Once Washington showed up in the bracket, it was like, wow, like I think that's it. And then, of course, the very last bracket that's introduced – was it was it the Midwest or was it the South? I, I'm I'm drawing a blank on where ASU ended up getting uh, getting matter. assigned to. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Especially doesn't matter now because they're out. But um, yeah, no, I was just thinking like, of course, here's the last 11-11 play in, and it's gonna be them, you know. And then the build up is just like that very last <laughs> little segment. It's like, oh damn it, they got in. Um, but you know what? That's fine. I, I saw a lot of stuff too about um, about this is their first conference. Their excuse me, their first tournament win since the 09 season of course with james harden um first time they've been to the tournament back-to-back years since like the early 80s or something yeah and that's and that's good right that's fine last year good for that yeah yeah i mean if so another way if if this is how you measure success fine yeah more power to you um i guess you know adam it will technically go down as a conference tournament i get a little bit or excuse me a, a a tournament win rather I get a little bit of heartburn by saying that, and I kind of don't like seeing all of the, uh, all the, you know, oh, final, you know, first conference win, or God, I keep the, the first tournament win, you know, since 2009, uh, the streak's over, or, you know, whatever, the losing streaks are, we finally made it happen. I kind of look at that more as like, you know, back then, the, the field was not expanded, right? Back mm-hmm. then, we didn't have 68 teams, and you did that in terms of your win got you into the round of 32. So as far as I'm concerned, Yes, technically you got a tournament win, uh, but you still have not been to the round of 32. So I think like, let, let's just chill out. Am, am I right? Or am I kind of off base on that? Well, it depends on how you want to look at it. I mean, they haven't been to the second weekend in how long? 
<laughs> you know, so it's, yeah, and I, I don't think you're going to find too many people on this podcast or too many people listening to this show that are going to try to be like, well, no, ASU has every right to say they won a tournament game is every bit the same as winning, you know, around a 64 game. But, you know, they made it to the postseason this year. Good for them. You know, they did beat St. John's, who was just awful. Oh. Like that was <laughs> that was a really pitiful performance. And of course, they ran to Buffalo, who we all know how that can go all too yeah. well. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that's yeah. ASU's business. And you know, but I do wonder, and, you know, I don't know a ton about their recruiting class. I know it's not the number one recruiting class in the country, and they lose some guys. They lose Silent Cheatham, who's just great. You know, I really mm-hmm. liked watching that guy play, except when he was torching Arizona. But if you're ASU, if this was the best season you are going to have talent-wise, it was one of the most talented teams they've ever had. And yet the best they could do was second in a bad Pac-12 and winning a play-in game. You know, yeah. like they don't like if I'm looking at just the futures of the programs right now, ASU's is looking better than it normally has, but I'd still rather be Arizona. Right now. Yeah, right. And that could obviously mm-hmm. change depending on how this summer goes and this off season. But, you know, if that's the best ASU can do, if Dort goes pro like he, a lot of people think he will, and Remy Martin had a great season, of course, and he's probably not going anywhere, but you lose Cheatham, you lose Dort. Like, this is a team that, did they peak this year? And that's something that's going to be interesting to follow because I know, I guess I'm not the U of A guy that roots for ASU to be miserable. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I just don't see them taking that next step to being... I guess, a premier program in the Pac-12. You know, it was a down year for Oregon, but they'll be fine. UCLA is going to get a good coach. They'll be fine. Arizona right now appears to be fine. Washington's got a good coach. They'll be fine. Like, where does ASU fit into this mix? I don't know. But this was their best chance to really make some noise in the conference, and they couldn't do it. Yeah, so, they couldn't even get to the conference tournament or the conference championship game, and they right? they played a I great mean, game against Oregon. They lost that game in overtime. It was a fantastic basketball game. But it's like when you have those opportunities, and I mean, how many, we knew that ASU, they were a talented team this year. Mm-hmm. And yet they barely, they were a play-in game for the tournament. They made it kind of interesting against a terrible St. John's team and then just got run out of the gym against Buffalo, which I'm not going to knock them for that because no. they've been there. But, no room to talk. But if yeah. this is if this is their apex, and maybe it's not, but if it is, and it's you know it's hard to say that they have so much more talent coming in for next season. Then it's like if that's the best you got, all right, you know that's adorable, but that shouldn't be good enough. So mm-hmm. you know I'm not going to try to denigrate what they did this season. They made the tournament. Arizona did it. You know, I, my girlfriend was like, oh, "Are you going to talk crap to your ASU friends about them losing to Buffalo?" I'm like, "No, I can't." Because yeah, no. Arizona's not in the tournament. They beat Arizona two times this year. What do I have to say? But at the mm. same time, again, like if I had to pick one program's immediate future anyway, I'm still picking Arizona's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Uh, and, and I'm also with you in the sense that, yeah, obviously we can't give them a hard time about Buffalo. What I can give them about a hard time about, Adam, was I was in Las Vegas on Thursday and Friday for the first round, nice. the, 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 the true first round. <laughs> and, of course, ASU was playing Buffalo on that Friday. As a matter of fact, all three Pac-12 teams were playing on Friday. So I, I decided um, I, I spread a little money. I, I actually took ASU money line and I took a three-team parlay of all three Pac-12 teams. Uh, that was all, all, all them, them, them covering, right? So all of them, it was Oregon plus two, Washington, uh, Washington plus three and a half, ASU plus five. Um, I, Adam, I, I really, I really thought going in, and obviously I just psyched myself out, but I really thought going in that that ASU was going to to beat Buffalo. Uh, just, just from the standpoint of, you know, I, I know that Hurley didn't coach any of those guys there now. 
Um, but I just kind of felt, you know, it's like big brother, little brother thing where it was like, yeah, I mean, you know, Bobby Hurley really built up that program though, you know, and it was almost like the, um, it, it was almost like those, those matchups that we had against Xavier, uh, not, not the most recent one, I guess you could say, but, uh, I think it was the, the sweet 16 before Wisconsin part two, where yeah. it was like, oh man, oh man, Sean Miller going up against his old team, uh, you know, his, his predecessor, all that, uh, or his success, his successor rather and Chris Mack. And it's like, oh no, we're, we're not going to lose to Sean Miller's former team. Like, you know, we're going to take care of business here. And I kind of had that same mentality, obviously fell flat on my face. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, I, I think I've needed, I think I've needed ASU to do like two things for me in my life. And it all revolves around gambling. Uh, I, I think, you know, a couple of years ago I had them on something and they took care of business then. And, um, this time they just really laid an egg, but you know, again, I can't really, he laid that same egg last year. So it's hard to give them a hard time about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> You know, this is an Arizona show, so I, I mean, I, I think we've already spent too much time talking about ASU. <laughs> Probably, yeah. You know, but obviously they they had a better season than Arizona this year, and that goes back to this was hopefully about as bad as it ever gets for the Arizona Wildcats basketball program. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. that we will not see a season like this again. Obviously, we understand why this happened, why the recruiting class fell apart. You know, the injuries happened, and that uh, took all that to get Arizona to a seventeen win season. Yep. So. I'd like to think that things will be better in the future and going forward, and you know, hopefully that's the case. If it's not, then we'll, we'll have some problems, and <laughs> this show will yeah. be very different going, you know, next season. But you know, that's the thing. Like if you just put this season in a vacuum and say all these things happen, it's like it's not a trend. You know, it's just uh, an anomaly type of season where you can yep. understand, you can explain it. You know, it was no fun in that regard, but you can explain, you understand why it happened, you understand why it is not set up to happen again anytime soon, then you can, it's easier to stomach, I guess. And, you know, for people who are like, oh, you know, maybe it's time to get rid of Miller and all that. And I look at it and say, if they didn't have the recruiting class coming in that they do, I would consider that myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, if this guy, if he cannot recruit him, I still think he's a good coach, but if he can't recruit at the level that he needs to, to win at Arizona, because of all this other stuff, then yeah, you need to move on. But uh, Apparently, he can still do it. So there's every reason to believe that Arizona is going to be significantly better next season than they were this season. And that, if anything, you know, as this last season started to spiral out of control and go off the rails, it was that, well, next season will be better. That kind of helped me get through. And I imagine there's a lot of people who are like that. So, you know, mm-hmm. like hopefully this is rock bottom. And then Arizona begins its ascent, kind of one of those revenge tours again next season. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely in that group. I am very excited here to see, uh, to see what next year holds. Adam, let's, let, let's just wrap up the, uh, the, the, the NCAA tournament here, as far as the PAC 12 schools are concerned, right? So Washington did take care of business and covered for all of those people who took Washington state or excuse me, Washington on the line against Utah state, uh, actually took care of them pretty handedly. Uh, and then of course they ended up losing the next night, uh, the two days later to UNC just got slaughtered and it was, I don't know, probably not too far off base of what we were expecting. Uh, and then of course, Oregon, here we are, Oregon making it to the sweet 16. Now it was interesting because Oregon had, they were matched up with Wisconsin in the 12, five game, one of the four 12, five games, one of the infamous 12, five games, of course, with the 12 seed always looming to upset those five seeds. And they, they took care of business. They really pulled away late. Um, and then, of course, they got a little bit of a break the next night or sorry, two, two 
nights later when they took on UC Irvine, who was the 13 seed and took care of Kansas State, who was down uh, their their best players. So, I, I mean, you know, a win's a win and hats off to the anteaters of UC Irvine. But uh, that 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 was just a slam dunk that Oregon in that game. And now here they are going in to the Sweet 16 matchup tomorrow night, tomorrow night being uh, Thursday, March 28th. They're actually the late game. Uh, it's scheduled to tip off now at 6.57 West Coast time. Adam, you know, we saw Virginia, of course, last year. It's very storied, very documented. You know, first first one seed losing to the 16 seed. They stumbled a little bit in their opening game this year, too, against Gardner-Webb. Uh, but Adam, you know, they, they, they turned things around as you would expect a one seed to do in the second half, took care of business there, took care of business in the round of 32. And now here they are facing a hot, hot, hot Oregon team and just an excellent coach in Dana Altman. You know, Adam, are you going to be surprised if Oregon takes care of business here by the way they're playing? No, not at all. And you know, they're a team where if they were healthy, too, if they had Bull Bull, who knows what they'd be. But yeah. they got hot at the right time. And, of course, we know Dana Allman's one of the best coaches in the country. And that's a good program yes. right now. They've got good guard play. they got Wooten, who's a really good force down low, playing defense, blocking shots, and affecting other shots. So, no, it wouldn't shock me if they were to come out with this one. But at the same time, you know, it's hard for me to – I'm not going to bet on any Pac-12 school. Even even though I like this Oregon team and the way they're playing right now, but I guess I got nothing against them this year. Hmm. You know, but this okay. reminds me too of when Arizona was the 12 seed. What was it the Russ Pennell year? Yeah, and right. Arizona was the 12 seed, and I think they beat Utah, who was a five seed that year. It's yes. Like, okay, and then it was like what Cleveland State after that. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like oh, <laughs> yeah. and like you know, getting to play UC Irvine that was a nice second round game for yeah. for Oregon. You know, much better for them than playing Kansas State. Not to say they wouldn't have beat Kansas State either. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is going to be a tougher test for them. Facing, it's kind of funny. You know, by far, facing Virginia is going to be a much more difficult test for them. As was facing Louisville for that team. Yeah. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny how, you know, like that rust penalty year, it was like, oh, man, like what's going on with Lute Olsen? Like, is he coming back? And, you know, everyone's kind of on pins and needles kind of, oh, what's happening? And, you know, it, that, that was a tough year, actually. If I'm not mistaken, Arizona finished their conference play like eight and ten. Yeah. So it was just a really solid year. And they I think they snuck in right with 19 wins. They were like 19 and 12 or something like that. Uh, just just a really substandard year. But, you know, they got in. They, they took care of business, had some key wins that year. Um, and then lo and behold, here they are in the in the sweet 16. And you know, it's kind of it, it almost just feels like one of those. It's kind of like a karma reward in a little bit, right? Like, oh, uh, we were expecting Lute Olsen to be back. Lute Olsen never came back. Here we are. Uh, kind of, you know, we kind of snuck in. Maybe we shouldn't have snuck in. Uh, the, the the difference between the two schools being, being of course, that, uh, you know, Arizona that year got an at-large bid, whereas Oregon got oh, in yeah, because yeah. it was an automatic bid. Uh, but, you know, if you look at the two teams, I mean, honestly, Oregon is probably way better than that team was. Like this team, I mean, Dan oh, Altman is. No, my yeah, my comparison is only just their their path to this point. But certainly, yeah, no, no, with team you, yeah. is better than the totally. Arizona team was that year, or this this Oregon team is better than that Arizona team. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I think it's just funny how like there's just these little. It's almost like a little karma credit they picked up along the way, and they're just the path opens and they just walk right into the Sweet Sixteen. So, uh, yeah, no, it was definitely. Um, 
Would not be shocked. I'm with you. I would not be shocked at all. Um, they take care of Virginia tomorrow night. Uh, Adam, you know, I think that pretty much does it right. I mean, there's no more. I mean, we have just hammered this Arizona season. We're ready for it to be over. Close that chapter, move on to the next one. And, uh, you know, I think without I don't think we'll be able to do so without this Michael Avenetti case. OK, <laughs> so obviously Jeez. curveball for all the listeners here. If you haven't, if, if you've. If you have 100% just been ignoring this and doing your best, I'm so sorry. Go ahead and shut it off now because we are going to spend just a few minutes. I don't want to spend too much time talking about this because in reality, um, not too much new information I feel like has come out. I mean, really, right? Like like Nike is now implicated in the whole thing, like officially. Um, or I guess I shouldn't even really say officially. That's where it gets so weird because yeah. it's a... They're officially implicated by Michael Avenetti, not officially implicated by the NCAA or by the FBI, which those are the oh. two entities that are running the shots. Right. So, uh, Adam, I'm just going to kick it to you. I I'm just I've I've tried to ignore it the best I can. But obviously, for the sake of recording this segment right now and just trying to keep up to speed on what's being tossed around, I, I've been paying a little bit of attention here and there. What is your take of all this Michael Avenetti stuff? I guess I'd want, I'd ask is do we really think I know Adidas was the company named all these you know for the last what year and a half or so two years almost but yeah. do we really think Nike is cleaning all this? No, absolutely not. <laughs> and, so, and Under Armour isn't either. I'll give you right. that right now. So I mean that's just how the game is played. I guess the question is, I mean I I read the thing that Avenetti put on Twitter. He's like these are the receipts, and it's like it doesn't connect Arizona to anything. Nothing. Like and and that's going to be the thing here. It's like. What the? I guess when looking with DeAndre and they keep going to him, which there's a lot of smoke there. But it's like I thought Arizona went through this last year. They investigated everything, and they're like, they're like, yeah, he's fine, he's clean. But so a year ago, or you know, a year and a half ago, was Adidas was paying off Aiton's family. Now it's Nike's pay, who is paying off Aiton's family, and he chose to sign with Puma after college. Yeah. So it's like I don't understand like how this all works. Um, I was never recruited to do anything. <laughs> so no one ever tried to do that, but <laughs> me too. Like, you know, if this is how it works, it's like, okay, was Nike paying him just to try to convince him to go to a Nike school? Were they paying on behalf of Arizona? Did Arizona know about this? Like, it's just, it's so dirty. But the idea that if, if this is true, what Avenue is putting up there that Nike did pay Aiton's family. The question is for what purpose, obviously. And then also did Arizona know it? Did they know about it? Does Arizona, did Arizona have anything to do with it? Is there anything linking Arizona, Sean Miller to any of this stuff? And that's what it comes down to because you're still at a point, I think, where you can make the case for Arizona or if you're Sean Miller specifically that you're a victim of Book Richardson going rogue, for instance, you know, of Nike paying players that you didn't know about. Doesn't mean I think he is innocent or a victim here, but you know, that's what it really comes down to, I think. Looking at so Avenetti, his thing, whether it's legitimate or not, I didn't see anything that connects Arizona to anything to do with those payments or those alleged payments. Maybe that comes out later. Maybe there's more of this investigation or if Sean Rock gets subpoenaed. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. But it just seems like so much noise with not much substance. Yes. Yes. 100%. I mean, this is Schleba all over again, right? I mean, it's like I, th- those pictures that Avenetti put on Twitter – it's like, where does any, where does it say anywhere? Like Arizona is not in any of those pictures. Now, granted, I'm sure those are just like, 
you know, pieces of the overall packet that was turned over to, to Nike or the federal prosecutor. I, I don't even, I don't even know what, what the overall, what all the evidence was that was turned over. So I'll maybe give him the benefit of the doubt that, you know, Hey, these are just a, a, a this is a glimpse of what was turned over. No idea. I, I, I don't know what to say. I, I'm just at this point, I'm just so tired of it that it's just like and, and now and now we're a year removed, too, from DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I just enough already, you know, like I and, and let, unless you have like all of this is so circumstantial. It's like unless you have hard evidence that is seriously tying tying Arizona. Like, I don't I don't actually even care. Like, what does that have to do with with Arizona? If Nike wired the money directly to DeAndre Ayton's mom? Right. And what does that have thing. anything to do with it? Like Maybe no, Arizona has nothing to do with it. But there's you other, know, like, I mean, Aiton signed, he went to a Nike school, Arizona. There are plenty of other Nike schools out there he could have gone to. And he didn't sign with Nike afterwards. So I, there may be ultimately something that ties Arizona to all this. But I'd also like to think, and I tend to believe that these high profile programs, if they are a part of this, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Arizona and Shumler are completely cleaning all of this. But I'm also not going to say Duke, Kentucky, Kansas. Obviously, Kansas. I don't know why no one's talking about them. I think Bill Self was in text messages talking about paying guys. But yeah, to right. me, the ones who are smart about it, the ones who are probably really good at this, find a way to distance themselves, to not mm-hmm. leave a paper trail, to have so many middlemen where you can't be connected to it, right? I mean, if they've been doing this, let's just say for the sake of argument that Miller's been running this game since he got to Arizona. It's probably why the recruiting was so good. I don't. I'm not saying that's the case, but let's just hypothetically that's been the case. Do we really think that he was an amateur and talking about this all on the phone and leaving a paper trail and records and tying himself to all of it? And that doesn't make him innocent. Just because he's not been found to be connected doesn't mean he isn't guilty of something here. But sure. until that comes up, until that comes out, all you have is okay. There's alleged payments to eight, to Jandre Ayton's mom from Nike. Okay, what does that have to do with Arizona and Sean Miller? You yes. have a Slaybaugh article, which connects nothing, apparently, <laughs> yeah, with a lot of right. factual yeah. inaccuracies and everything. And I guess the one thing I'll always keep coming back to, at least for now, is that Sean Miller has been incredibly steadfast in his denials about everything, right? And I would expect these people to lie if you were caught. But at the same time, yeah. he's been operating like a coach who understands that he didn't do anything wrong. Or at least he didn't do anything wrong that's going to be discovered. Like he knows if he talked to someone on the phone about paying a player to come to Arizona, like sure. he he he's the he might be the only one who knows these things, mm-hmm. and he's been operating as a coach who isn't worried about that being an issue. So either he's that arrogant and is confident he won't get caught, or maybe he's somewhat telling the truth. And it doesn't mean he ran a clean program, but it would mean that he knows he's not on any FBI recordings talking about paying players or anything like that. That there's no receipts for his involvement in this. So, yeah. you know, did Aiden's family get paid? Probably. I hope so. <laughs> I hope it was more than yeah. 10 grand. If that's all yeah, it took, right. like, geez, that's, that's significantly underpaid. If that's yeah. what it took to get Aiden. So I guess, did it happen? Probably. But did it happen? I guess the question is why, for what purpose did he get paid and who organizes and all that? I don't know, but you know, it's annoying yeah. I'm with you. I this just, I just want this to be over with. But I also want to be over with the right way. I want to be over with with everybody saying, you know what? Sean Miller's on an FBI recording saying we will not pay to get players to Arizona. We don't do that. That's cheating. Yes, you know, right. That's what I would love to have it end. And yeah. I, I don't imagine it's going to be that for me. Like, that's my <laughs> happy world, candy land, you know, butterflies and rainbows and, you know, everything's great. Yeah. But I just want it to be over with Arizona being fine. And 
sadly, unfortunately, reputational damage is probably already done. Because even if it comes out that Miller had nothing to do with any of this and they're clean, there's still going to be a lot of people out there who believe, ah, nah, Arizona's dirty on a national scale. Obviously, the recruits don't care. They're still coming no. to Arizona. But mm-hmm. so their damage has, a lot of damage already has been done. But I'm also of the belief that if Arizona comes back next season, Miller's back, the recruiting class is all there, and they're good, that it's like maybe two years ago with the Larry Market or three years ago with the Larry Marketing team where Arizona's just right out of the gates like, wow, these guys are fun to watch, these freshmen. And there's no new developments, no news that comes out, then people will slowly forget about it. Because even then, I think people are starting to forget about this stuff this season. You know, just yeah. when it was so bad, it was like, well, why are they bad? Well, remember this. And it became a topic of conversation again. So that that's how I see it. But yeah, I don't, I, this Avenetti thing, I guess there's that, there's the potential of Miller having to testify in court as a defense witness, I guess, like. All these things are out there, and until the book is closed on them, I feel like you do have to be somewhat concerned. But mm-hmm. you also can't just sit there in a corner, you know, curled up in the fetal position, sucking your thumb, worried about what's going to happen. Like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But right now, there's nothing I think that's come out that makes you think that Arizona's about to fall apart and Miller's about to get the book thrown at him. If we get to next season, uh, the season opener, and the recruiting class is intact, Miller's still there, nothing new has come out, are you at, at what point are you going to be comfortable like, all right, we're good for at least one more season? At that point. At you that know, point? I feel like at some point the, the information or the, the stuff just it stops, right? There's been this slow trickle, trickle, trickle like from the faucet. At some point, it stops. Yeah, you know, if they go through this offseason, these trials happen. Miller testifies or he doesn't, but they end, and Arizona is found to not be involved in any of this. Then it stops, right? Like I just, whatever the resolution is, there's going to be one. So if Arizona gets through this offseason with all these things that are supposed to be happening this summer, and Arizona's fine after all that, then why would we worry mm-hmm. in the months to, to follow that? But I guess no one was worried, and you know that September until Book Richardson got arrested. Like, oh crap. So, you know, yeah. that happens. But, no, I think if yeah. it gets through this offseason, this summer, and everyone's on campus and it's just back to basketball, then I would start – at that point, I imagine I'd be feeling pretty good about where they're at. I think that I, – I think I agree with that. Now, I think it's always going to be in the back of my mind, and probably I could speak for everybody in that sense. Like, you know, at what point can can the hammer just come down, right? Like, who, who knows? But I think that you got to kind of feel okay with the way that Kansas – that came out about Kansas, I mean, what, about halfway through the season? And, and no one Kansas cares. Is, nobody cares, and Kansas made it to the tournament, right? They weren't banned from the postseason. Uh, and I think the other thing that's going for Arizona would have to be that uh, that there are just so many other schools involved. You know what I mean? Like, they're not just going to pick off Arizona and say, nope. Uh, you can't, you, your postseason ban is now, and then we're going to start rounding up the others, and we don't know when that'll be, but it kind of just feels like it's all going to be one fell swoop, and we don't know when that's going to be. Yeah, and that's the thing, I guess what it comes down to is that we, we all have our feelings, but we just don't know. And yeah. that's the hardest part about this, because, yeah, we could find out in three months' time that Sean Miller was connected to this, he has to be fired, Arizona's going to be sanctioned, and it all falls apart. Or yeah. nothing could happen. <laughs> Which is probably the most likely yeah, scenario. But so, but until that resolution comes, it could be either one of those things. Or I sure. guess even something in between. And that's the worrisome thing. Because it's not like, you know, if you were a program who's not connected at all, you're like, oh, well, nothing's going to happen. It's just the off season. Yeah, but yeah. Arizona, there is the potential for it to be a disaster. Mm-hmm. But I'm with you in that I think more likely, very little comes out. It's just a lot more noise, but no real substance. Yeah. 
Totally. All right, Adam, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up and let's wrap this up with who's your pick to win the big dance, the NCAA tournament. Well, my bracket's still intact for that. I had Duke over Virginia, so I guess I might have oh. to stick with it. Nice. I had Duke over Tennessee, so we are aligned with the champion. Seems like the most obvious pick, right? Or the safest pick, yeah, unless you watch briefly. the UCF game. <laughs> hey, yeah. maybe that's their scare. They survived it, and it caused them to refocus, and they play like they should. Survive in advance, right? So all you got to do. All right, Adam. So, yeah, let's uh, as far as for, for all the listeners, just a programming note, I guess, if you will. Um, obviously, with the, we're, we're, we're approaching the well, I guess I shouldn't even say the dog days of summer yet. But, uh, you know, as far as, you know, football season, obviously long gone. Uh, and then basketball season has concluded. Uh, I, I know that, you know, there will be, I'm sure, plenty of content to speak of as far as the Avenetti and just everything else with Nike, everything else that's coming out. Uh, so I'm sure next week, uh, Bryant and Rob will be recording something to do with this, with this most recent news of uh, the college basketball scandals. Adam, as far as you and I are concerned, we will probably touch base here in a couple weeks or so. Uh, but so for everyone, enjoy the rest of the tournament. If you are a back the pack kind of fan, obviously root for Oregon. That would be, I think that'd be a pretty sweet look for, for the pack, right? It's such a down year. Oregon this season, nothing at all yeah. against them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, Adam. So I guess uh, until a couple weeks or so, everyone enjoy and uh, we'll talk to you then. Bear down.